Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in for episode 3 of the first season of Stratus Podcast. We'll quickly introduce ourselves. Hosting today, we have Zeracoles. What's up? And myself, Rocky. I do, however, have some unfortunate news. Um, Gorius has stepped down from host uh, from here on onwards, um, just to focus on in real life stuff a little bit more. Uh, But we definitely appreciate the time that he's put into the past episodes. Um, So moving forward, it will just be me and Zeracoles hosting for the time being. Moving on, however, just some quick information about the podcast. We'll be releasing an episode the first Friday of every month and are currently available on Spotify, Google Podcast, Breaker, Radio Public, iTunes, Overcast, Anchor, and of course, YouTube. We're always looking for suggestions to help us improve, so make sure to join our Discord in the description and leave us some feedback. Other than that, please give us a like, comment, and subscribe, as that really does help us know that we're putting out content that you guys enjoy listening to. So... Quite recently, uh, in the ranks Stratus Discord, we've seen that that Kivo has left as one of the managers, um, and I think we'll, this will be have quite a big impact on the way that ranked pugs are done. Um, but hopefully, it shouldn't affect the quality that they're putting out. Um, Zero, so you're going to be the new manager. So, is there anything you can tell us about the way that you guys are dealing with uh, having Kivo leave? Well, he was definitely uh, very, very helpful to have around. He was constantly being quite active. Um, I'll hopefully be able to help do a decent bit of what he did. Um, before he left, he gave us like a big document with lots of his ideas and plans, and we can work off of that, and we've got some of our own ideas. So we'll probably try to do a lot of those things. We'll probably have a meeting, <laughs> keep doing the usual stuff. <clears throat> but we do have um, definite plans for things to do, even hopefully later this season and in the future automatic ranked is still something we'd like to see in the future okay yeah that's that's good it's at least it's, um at least we know that we'll have the same sort of quality moving forward um so quite early today we're introducing our guest for episode three um so introducing jurgen current leader of uh blue do and the boys hoping uh contender for for number one on the tournament so here he is, Jurgen. That's exactly right. What is up, everyone? <laughs> so, Jurgen, we've got you here today for obviously quite a lot of things. You've, you've got a lot of past experience with, um, with OCN and then moving forward to Stratus. And obviously, you had a bit of a break in the middle. But is your Minecraft sort of journey, keeping it short, can you sort of give us a brief overlay and sort of everything that you've sort of experienced? Sure thing. Um, ironically, I'm now a bit of an old guy on the server, whereas when I started, I was one of the youngest. I was like about 11 years old when I started playing in 2012. Played my first journey a few months later, somewhere mid 2013. Um, stayed with a team called Turquoise, a bunch of Dutch guys. Played two or three tourneys with them, had medium success. Um, then a year after that, late 2014-ish, I uh, joined a team called Schadenfreude, or well, I uh, co-created it. Uh, got to the finals, lost sadly. Uh, I played one more tourney after that with Tactical Info. Uh, got to the quarterfinals of House of Course, which was a very fun tourney. And a few months later, I quit the game because uh, I was pretty burnt out. Oh, I see. Okay, so... It's fair to say that you've you met a lot of people and uh, friends along the way. Is there with your current team, Bat B? Is is there a lot of uh, a lot of people that you knew there from um, 
from OCN or is the majority of your current team members sort of um, uh, new players that you've sort of just met during the Stratus sort of uh, period? Yeah, there is only one person on Bappy who I knew uh, before I started playing Stratus, who's Hyptastic. Um, I actually invited Hyptastic to play OCN in the first place, which I completely forgot about until he reminded me when I started playing with Batby. Uh, we met in an MCSG game, I think, and uh, I told him to join the server, which is kind of where his OCN uh, career, I guess you could say, started off with. But apart from Hype, I knew uh, pretty much no one in Batby. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely in that case, it's good that you've sort of... I'd say you form quite a strong connection with your with your teammates, which is always good to see. Um, so you did say that mention that you came back into the competitive scene again, meaning you saw quite a um, quite a vast difference in the adapt uh, the adaptation of the metas and such. Um, was it was it quite a shock to you when when coming back or is it something that you found quite easy to get back into in the way that the environment of uh, the competitive scene had changed and evolved um it was difficult but some aspects i was sort of unimpressed by so obviously the meta specifically ctw which i think is perhaps um most meta dependent game mode and the meta having changed the most over the years. Um, when I came back, the meta was drastically different, and the general skill level of players was massively different, so that was quite a shock. Um, but interestingly, it seemed to me that less time was put into stratting, less time was put into uh, pre-game explanations, and uh, it seemed to me that people just kind of knew what they were doing, which I suppose is quite a compliment to the uh, general level of the players um, that sort of improved over the years in which I didn't play. So all of these things that were completely new to me um, didn't have to be explained to the people uh, playing at that point, which was uh, quite interesting to me. Yeah, something that's come up quite recently is like sort of the discussion of um, who would have really been better um, skill level wise is like the current sort of players with the way the meta is or you know, back a couple of years with more of the uh, the top tier teams and like, um, and who was better. And I think a lot of the communities had that sort of view that the meta, how it is now and the way that the players, you know, the way that the players play now is quite optimal compared to how it used to be. Um, so I think it is always interesting to, to look back and see how everything's changed. Um, yeah. I agree. Um, there's so much that has changed uh, over the past uh, couple of years. And um, it's to me, that specific discussion, it's interesting because the people who thought that stuff hadn't changed and people ha haven't improved are the same people who have quit for the past four years and have no knowledge over yeah. um, and have no experience in modern day metas. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So sort of moving on from the past and going a bit f uh, forward, the future of PGM is always something that's always been uh, a bit unsure of. And there's always been there's always been glimpses of real good advances in the competitive scene with stuff like the Bad Lion prize pool tourney. But future, when it comes to the future, what exactly is there that that would uh, be the best way for PGM to grow? Obviously, recently we've had Moxie join. Zero, I think you were 
you were around during when he was playing is there anything that you could see which it affected the server um was it was it a good sort of effect that it had uh, was there any lasting players yeah. from afterwards yeah i'm not entirely sure if there's like lasting players i mean but like it definitely got more publicity and i mean you could just look at the numbers tons of people are online like mixed got tons of people playing and then he started streaming that scrim versus elysium and he got to like break the core at the end and his viewers are absolutely loving it. And uh, it was definitely good we got to organize that like private scrim for him. And I, I'm not personally on the marketing team, but I think if we can reach out to him and just in general more famous YouTubers, it would just be amazing. Because that's one great way to get more new players into the scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, so obviously, Jurgen, this is a little bit more uh, based on you though, is... Because obviously you know quite a lot of the old players. Is there any sort of um, any sort of way that you could see them getting encouraged into coming back and playing? Obviously, we've seen a lot uh, recently with you know Jarl and Phil coming back on um, Sick Mundus, and there's been a couple of others. But as as sort of an old player that arguably came back yourself, is there any any way that you could really see um, see a lot more people joining back? Um, speaking from my experience and uh, seeing how teams like Sigma News came to be, these old people come back mostly because their friends started playing again. Some friends who've never really quit and are then invited to play by them. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure how the marketing team can really handle this because I think um, this sort of player growth through old people coming back uh, comes more from you know the community reaching out to their own little friend groups they've created over the past few years than uh, a server-driven uh, sort of thing. Yeah. I think it's more sustainable if you try to look to the future and reach out to new people than just constantly trying to get the old ones back. Because you can I only agree. do that so long. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's probably the only way to really make sort of the future uh, confirmed and solid is looking back. Because... The trouble is with PGM in general, it's been around for a really long time now. So everybody sort of has grown up with it. And obviously when you grow up, you get a lot less time for things like playing Minecraft scrims on the weekends. You know, a lot of a lot of the people that that played back on OCN when they were 17, 18, you know, they're in their like mid twenties now. And um it's not it's not gonna be very sustainable to rely on them coming back during the summer. Yeah, so, that's that's probably true. Um, though I would say that the problem with Stratus, if you were compare, uh, if you were to compare it to OCC, is that the barrier um, barrier of entry to Stratus is really quite high, because the entire community is um, based off of the competitive side, and for completely new players to come in and join that community, it's really quite difficult. Whereas um, if your server was, um, the population of the server came mostly from um, you know, people playing on the mix servers or just public games, uh, it's much easier to get uh, to attract new players through those public servers as opposed to instantly pushing them into the competitive scene. Absolutely. Yeah, so you could argue that a server such as OCC would have a bit more, um, a bit more of a confirmed future in like competitive compared to like something like Stratus. Whereas yeah, like Stratus, well, uh, in that aspect of having a public scene, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Stratus has. It's only sort of public scene would be people that are waiting for a scrim, that sort of thing. You know, you do get the occasional people uh, on mix which don't play in a team. But uh, 
I feel like stuff like that, as well as like Hypixel, I saw recently a uh, an announcement on the Hypixel ranked Bedwars server, which basically said, um, um, which basically said who would be interested in a um, in a CCW event. So I feel like stuff like that has quite a big, um, has, you know, it gives quite a big chance in people being able to get into certain PGM game modes. Regardless, regardless of if it's actually on PGM, because I think Hypixel does, um, you know, they have their own plugin for it, I believe. Um, so, moving on though, sort of to Campe's unofficial tournament, we're actually going to review it because that is now over and done with. So, I'd like to obviously congratulate Shmo Patrol on uh, winning Project Darius Multiverse of Game Modes. Well done. How did yeah, we? Yeah, congrats. How did we think the handling of the event event go went? So you know, stuff efficiency, the screen shares, all sorts like that. Do we think it showed better than sort of stress? Not better, but is it? Do you think it's something Stratus could look into um, and sort of do the same in a way to improve, or do we think that screen shares sort of took up a little bit too much time and were done too frequently? What do we think about that? Um, in my opinion, uh, I don't think you can screen share enough um, because the more you screen share, the more of a deterrent it becomes. And I think the threat of a screen share um, is better is a better protection against cheaters than the screen shares themselves. If cheaters feel like um, there is a pretty decent chance that they will get screen shared, they're not going to cheat in the first place, as opposed to people actually cheating. So yeah. essentially, I think the more you screen share and the longer the screen shares take, Although it can be a bit of a nuisance uh, mid-game, uh, I think that is the best solution to uh, cheaters in general. Yeah, I agree. I personally thought that uh, the timing of the screen shares could have been a little bit more thought through. Because personally, when I was playing in the um, in the finals, it was like they were they were sort of pausing our games midway through the conquest series, like to to do a screen share as well as a draw like we had a tie game and instead of screen sharing him after the tournament itself it was you know it was before certain games it wasn't it wasn't great okay. really um we had a it was very anticlimactic series a little bit you just because of how the way that um the way that we had to wait for like 40 minutes i did think the tournament was run i thought it was run pretty well overall aside from the kind of map drama beforehand i felt like overall it was pretty good yeah I actually didn't uh, play the first week, but at least from the second week, it was I had a lot of fun playing it as well as watching a couple of the screen uh, streams. Sorry. So yeah, did you have a lot of fun uh, knocking my team out? Oh, loads of fun, loads of fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so how do we think certain teams did? Obviously, we'll keep it a little bit without judging, but. Do we think there are any teams that sort of underperformed or overperformed, got really lucky, that sort of thing? Um, well, if you look at teams that got lucky, I don't think there's ever been an easier path to finals in a tourney recently than Night Vision. They played against uh, Rib Gang, no offense to them, but, you know, they're, yeah. they're beatable. Then they played against Legends Never Die because Uber got disqualified for... Uh, people dodging screen shares, and then they went to the finals just like that, which was a little bit lucky. But they're a good team, so, you know, they probably uh, could have gone to the finals regardless of those uh, fairly easy matchups. Yeah. I was really impressed by Schmo Patrols because they were, like, right on the verge of being knocked out in qualifiers, and then Invitationals came and they 
played very, very well. Yeah, I think their uh, roster of pairs like changed quite a bit because yeah, they they added people like Suthi and uh, myself, but I don't think I did that much on the defense. But um, um, yeah, but like I feel like at least with Suthi was was quite a uh, CTW wise, yeah. Yeah, he, he was sort of that vocalist that the team needed in order to get things done. Um, but quite interestingly, the um, what's it called? The Kids Next Door team is actually rumoured to be forming an actual team for the upcoming Stratus tourney, which is quite funny considering it's it was literally just the uh, it was just the wild card team originally. Really, they're going to make their yeah. own team. That's really uh, cool. Apparently, they are, yeah. I'm not sure how if it's actually going to go through, but uh, should be quite funny to see how they do. Yeah. So. It's right in here, Judd, and how do you feel about the performance of your team? Is it something that you're really that you're really worrying about that not worrying, but is it something that you're that you're looking at too much or are you sort of just um are you um, sort of just moving on regardless when it comes to strats tournament? Because obviously everybody saw the campaign tournament as quite a bit of a run up to it and a good way of judging certain players and you know the way that your team's playing as well as how other teams are doing it are you looking into it too much or do you think that you'll be sort of ignoring it for the most part coming into the stress tourney yeah our minds haven't really been on that tourney uh, we were kind of pissed off that we lost of course and not really happy with it but you know it's a go next um i think um in the qualifiers we played really quite well went three out some of those games were fairly difficult, but, you know, we went 3-0. We won the games we had to. And then the second week, uh, we missed a couple of key players, including myself, of course. Um, and then just had one incredibly close CTW game. If we had won that, we would have gone to the finals. Teagle died in the cobweb, so that's always very oh, yeah. fun to see. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we're not really worried about that, you know. If Teagle had, like, two more hearts, we would have won that game easily. So, you know, yeah. unlucky. So, sort of going on to the Schmo Patrol, the way they won, is it something the roster pairs pushed them into winning? Because you could argue that, like Zerikos mentioned, being really close to getting knocked out early on in the qualifiers and then having the ability to add a lot more um, a lot more stronger players in the roster pair, would you say that that's something that sort of ruins the competitive spirit, uh, Zerikos, since obviously you were you were involved in nearly knocking them out in the in the first qualifiers. Is that something that you do? You personally think that that shouldn't be capable of happening, or? Um, I mean, I think it's fine because, like, in an official Stratus tournament, those really good players probably are already going to be on a separate team. There aren't like tons of godly players waiting to be picked up usually. So I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, personally, I don't think the roster repairs were the big thing. It was just the people playing, um, you know, whether they wanted to take those games serious. So uh, the, the, the play of the tourney was obviously David in the qualifiers using the fly <laughs> to get the wall and flying it back to his base. And uh, they just didn't really take qualifiers serious. So obviously, Suthi joining is pretty vocal and he's a good player. So uh, perhaps he made the team play a bit more serious but i don't think the mechanical skill that people roster paired really made yeah. the difference yeah definitely yeah i think it'd be dumb if you could roster pair out like eight or ten people in like over a weekend but otherwise i think they're good 
sort of moving on a bit to the um, official Stratus tourney. We're going to give it a bit of a shout out quickly. Obviously, Stratus sign and inv- science innovators. Probably said that wrong. Starts <laughs> eighth. There you go. Yeah, that's the one. Starts <laughs> on eighth of August and run for two or three weekends. Is that still to be confirmed, or is it one hundred percent two now? I believe by the time this is out, we'll know, but it's, it'll be two or three weekends. That's still to be determined, yeah. Oh, okay, I see. And then registration's closed tomorrow, um, I believe, at midnight. Um, link in the tournament, uh, link for the tournament details will be in the description. So if uh, you're listening to that now and you're interested in registering or looking through more of the information, that will be in the description. Um, something new, however, is each team will be given their own server to practice. Is that still, is that with the official tourneys, Eric, for the Stratus one, or? Yeah, so you can still use event servers for free to scrim, and those, you can buy personal servers. And then also each team is given a Stratian server where it's like just your own team whitelisted. So then you can also do Stratian for free without having to worry about buying a personal server. Oh, I see. That's news to me, actually. I wasn't aware of that. So that's quite, that's actually quite good because it's something that, was brought up in the sort of Stratus OCC arguments was that then people didn't think that OCC like people didn't like the way that you had to pay for a Stratus server, whereas OCC were giving them out for free. So I think that's quite an interesting. Yeah, because like now it's like you can scrim for free with the event servers, and you can strat for free on the Stratting servers. And then if you want like extra luxury, you can buy a personal server. Yeah. That's quite useful for TTM, in my opinion. You know, with yeah, all the try sure. runnings and like positioning is always a little bit more important. Yeah. Oh, and moving onwards a little bit, there's also the new prize pool for the first time, which surprisingly is really big already. For you know, only got announced maybe like half a week ago, and it's already at around 150. It might be even a bit more higher now, since they they mentioned that the other day. Um, yeah, that that should be cool to see for the first time. So what sort of packages do they offer, Zeracles? Uh, basically, just if you want to help out and fund the prize pool, you can just buy a cool flare. It's kind of like any other regular donator rank, but it's unique for this tournament. Oh, but, I see. Yeah, okay. just if you want to just help out. And we've already had several people buy them. So. Um, other than that, we've sort of... Oh, actually, and also there's like... Yeah, sorry. And that's not like our only way of funding the prize pool. We also... We'll uh, pitch in some from the personal server sales and potentially more just from the network or the staff. Oh, so it's not like just asking the players to do everything for us for the prize pool. Yeah, that's that's interesting to see that actually. It's quite, it's quite nice because I feel like although money doesn't always bring the players, it's, uh, it's always quite a nice feature to spur players on in the sort of competitive atmosphere a little bit. You know, it's it's sort of counters that like memeing um and memeing in in the later sort of invitational rounds i feel like that what doesn't happen as much when you've got something actually to to fight for almost yeah yeah Chuck. plus there's more stakes um so if two teams are in a final and they don't like each other to begin with and you can uh, earn money and deny money from the other team probably a pretty high <laughs> In that sort of context, high stakes on cool stakes. Oh yeah, cool stakes! Such a great map. <laughs> if we see that as the final match or grand finals, <laughs> oh god, please. Um. So obviously the 
the finalised map pool has now been done. So to quickly, Zara, do you want to quickly run through it since you're uh, sort uh, of involved in that quite a lot? So we got three CCWs, Java 2, a new map, Jurassic from last tournament uh, with some minor ruling updates, and Cool Stake also new. For the DTMs, we've got Descent, which is new, Cyanide and Wallop 9000, which are both used uh, and into the game modes. And then five conquests, Cobalt, Forge, Nardica, Scorched, and Outcast 2, which is a uh, five out of eleven new maps, which I think overall the new maps are are decent. Some of them obviously are more favored than others. But it, it turned out okay with some of the new ones. Yeah. I think the big thing is CCW. That is it's had a couple controversial decisions. Oh uh, yeah. Mainly cool stakes. No, Java two and Jurassic haven't really I mean there's always been a couple changes which people would have liked to see, but I think at least looking through hashtag maps in the Discord, Coolstake has got to be one of the more um the one of the more controversial decisions to put in. Yeah. We... Coolstake definitely I mean it's not great, but the recent changes should be very helpful. And honestly, there just weren't any other good options. I mean I could see arguments for other maps, but when I really looked at everything, there just wasn't a great option for the third one. Yeah, I think hopefully if in the future, if more, you know, there'll be a little bit more time for the like the sort of map making um, period where people are able to put like more effort into getting maps done and actually getting them tested would be pretty cool. Because yeah, this, like, this whole timeline was like super rushed, trying to get it still in like mid to early August tournament. Yeah, yeah, Everything exactly. Was rushed for three game modes. Yeah, no, I feel like it, it's it's sort of done the best uh, best capable in time. Just I think hopefully next time it'll be better if uh, there'll be like more time for getting new maps because obviously it was fine with jurassic since jurassic was only done in that that previous one tournament um but i think it was always nice to see like a new map such as java and sort of the ways that strats and metas can develop on the map yeah for the future we can definitely improve like kind of quality checks beforehand and then i think just dtm in general but yeah yeah i think the the problem specifically with cool stakes is that the the original version of the map is really quite flawed and it got reworked and then it was still flawed but a little less flawed got complete rework and it got two complete reworks um and the map had three different distinct versions all three of which had only about a week and a half of actual playtime so essentially the version of a cool stake we have now only got about two weeks of map testing so it's still pretty bad despite it being reworked twice, specifically because there's so little time to map test a map after it got reworked quite recently. So I think that's one of the reasons why Goldstake is uh, in a pretty poor state right now. Okay, so what what would you say, Zara, do we still have a, a progress, sorry, not a progress, an update in the bags that's still happening? Or is it, or is its final version actually fully done now? Uh, cool stick. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been working with Zaquas on a gigantic, I mean, a fairly gigantic revamp, which I think will be out by the time this podcast's out. And basically, I mean, we won't revamp it twice because there's just no time. We'll just put this version out and then maybe do some minor touches up, and that'll just be what we play. Okay, I see. So. Obviously, that is only a couple days scrim practice. Do you think that will affect the way the map is picked in the actual tournament uh, with vetoes? 
I think Cool Stakes getting the most vetoes no matter what compared to the yeah. other two maps. As we saw in Campaign's tournament, it was a lot of Java and Jurassic. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So what I personally do like is how each sort of map is sort of I guess it sort of does reward different play styles, but it's like it's also it's got a different way of playing each one, you know. There's I feel like there's a lot of maps which base your base it on like individual skill and you know the way that teams work together but there's also there's also ones where which is like a little bit more solo base for example for what i was thinking personally is like cobalt nautica you know it's quite um it's quite like team heavy based in ha in the way that uh you know you're rotating as a team you're holding points together whereas something like outcast 2 since everybody's so spread out it's rather it's rather you know you're taking individual 1v1s on your right and left side and it's i mean king of the flag always is going to have teamwork in it but i think it's it's got a different play style which is i think is personally quite nice um Jurgen, is there anything you think that we can expect different um, when it comes to the maps and the way that they're played. Do you think there's going to be like huge changes on the day of the tournament in the tournament, or do you think that teams are all going to sort of have the same game plan going into these conquest maps? Um, I think some of these conquest maps um, in uh, styles of gameplay has been mostly figured out. Uh, I think the cobalt split, uh, how you rotate between points. It took quite a while to figure that out, though I do think that's fairly set in stone now. Um, Nartica is a very old map. I doubt things are going to change for that one. Um, and uh, King of the Flag, um, I don't really think that there's too much strategy to those maps. So I agree with you that there's definitely different ways to play the Conquest maps. Um, but I don't think we're going to see anything game-changing. Uh, okay, yeah. I think personally what I'm going to be looking forward to is the way that um, uh, some of the new King of the Flag maps are played, just because it's sort of, as well as, I guess, Cobalt, I'm just personally looking forward to seeing the newer maps get played. Something like Nautica, it'll always be interesting to watch, but, you know, first tournament for game for maps like Cobalt and Nautica, uh, not Nautica, sorry, Scorch will always be interesting. Um, moving on to the DTM um, game mode, though. Do we think Cyanide, Cyanide and Wallop have historically been good in previous tournaments? And do you think that will hold up with the new changes? Or do you think we can see something else happening this time around? Yeah, I, I didn't just to cut this out. I, I didn't actually play the, the tourney uh, Cyanide and Wallop were played in. So I <laughs> I and I've scrimmed, like, I've scrimmed both maps like two or three times. So like my game knowledge on those maps is legit zero. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about DTM really. Do you know anything? Yeah, about I mean, I know how to play DTM, and I think I know how to play the maps, but it's just like hard to compare it to shit that's done before. Yeah, I personally have also not played much DTM. <laughs> we'll we'll DTM stay off the DTM system. topic. <laughs> 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 I don't want to get bullied by all the veterans. Yeah. So, obviously. Other than the DTM changing the ice, there's, there's just been a couple of other changes. Zero, just quickly, I know we were not going to talk about it long because you know none of us really know too much about it. But is um, is there any huge changes to the 
specific maps on the DTC uh, pool, or is it just so the waters change? Is there anything, obviously, other than getting rid of cores, is there anything else huge that's changed? Or um, we sort of expect a similar play style to before? Having, like, I think just a more common thing now is having some type of mid-islands on the sides. It's like people seem to like that when it's utilized well. And then, you know, removing cores, replacing that with monuments, and the no infinite water changes. It's been kind of interesting and very difficult for me because I've had to deal with DTM, but I don't know much about DTM. So it, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how DTM goes in this tournament and how well, if like if water has really been changed at all in the end, or if it's basically the same. And hopefully, in the future, DTM can progress even more because I feel like it could still be improved a lot. I don't know if we'll do. I don't think any other big changes will happen before the tournament. We might try to like unify minor things, but. Yeah. yeah, I think um, if you compare to uh, if you compare the DTM maps to how they were how they were played before the water changes, I think it's mostly the same. Though dewatering monuments and dewatering water walls is a lot more punishing because you don't really run out of ice uh, that fast. But just replacing it is a lot more difficult. People don't run around with like two or three spare buckets in their inventory. Um, so if you dewater a monument and a water wall at the same time. You actually have a shot of um, hitting the monument with a cannon, as opposed to the defender and like people on the front lines having a bunch of water to just instantly water it again. And the defenses are obviously worse in general. So I think those are the biggest changes. Um, offense is still mostly done through Icarusing and just doing three man Icaruses, uh, but they're probably a little bit more effective because water is more sparse and defenses are just a lot worse. Recently, I also put out some polls asking uh, if people liked the new 5CP scoring method, where it's um, point limit rather than time limit, and you get points for mid and second. And then also a poll if you liked the flag spawning, flag respawning method on Scorched, where it's like you know exactly where the flag's going to spawn each time, and not going to mid except the first time. Uh, it was pretty split on the 5CP, 17 yes, 18 no. I think 5CP's kind of just really hard like just in the game mode to find a balanced system it feels like everything has its trade-offs and then for scorched and its flag spine method it was 20 yes to 10 no so i think overall people like removing the rng element the king of the flag for the most part it seems to be beneficial at least on scorched it works out well do you guys have any opinions on that i personally um, like the way it you know it at least for King of the Flag, I like the way that it controls the rotation through middle when you have um, when you have left and right. And I feel like maybe this is a little bit more map dependent. Um, but at least with Scorched, when you're on that left side, say if you go, you know, you get picked with the flag, something like that. And it's like that job of keeping control of mid so you're able to rotate. Um, I feel like I personally like that aspect of it. Sorry, Jurgen, you can... Uh... Yeah, I agree. I think... Uh... It plays pretty well, specifically um, on Scorched, where if you hold one flag and you stay on the right side, there's actually a chance that you can get the flag on the other side and you know where to rotate to. Like You use your brains more because you know what point you have to hold next. So while you're carrying the first flag, you can already kind of think about uh, how you want to position your team when you go for the next flag. So uh, in my opinion, 
obviously it's a lot less random and random uh, randomization just makes the game less interesting in my opinion uh and it kind of increases the skill level with how you think about the game where you have to rotate next what points do you hold where are you going to hold spawns uh, i i think it's a really good change in my opinion i think the quite controversial one is that is the the five cp scoring method because at least according to the polls, it's basically 50-50, a little bit heading towards the no um, of disliking it. I personally like the idea of it. I just feel like it needs tweaking a little bit with the way that points are being given out. And I'm interested to see, obviously it's quite always hard to know with the poll, is whether or not they prefer the old method of it literally just being capping mid, capping second, and it's whoever has mid in the last time, mid or further on the wins. I'd be interested to know if that they prefer that method or if they just if they like the scoring method, they just don't like the way it's being done right now. Um, because I like I personally like it, and I think it makes the rest of the game a lot more competitive. Because before it was literally only the last two minutes or so that even counted, unless you just threw. Um, so I personally like the the scoring idea, although I was skeptical of it to start with. I just feel like it can do with a bit of tweaking. Um, Judge, and do you really have an opinion much on the five CP square method, or mm, not particularly? There's a lot of people arguing about it uh, on both sides, really. Um, though I don't know the game out or understand the game out well enough to really um, talk about it on a you know on a deep level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think there was also it's not as an competitive uh, talk as the rest were, but we also did a poll recently about your ideal veto decider map, and this went pretty, um, this went quite even as well. We we asked, what what would your ideal veto decider map be? No return, dead heat, 77 blitz, flag football, or sumo? And it actually went, 19 people thought blitz, flag football, and 20 people thought sumo. And the others had like f- uh, between five and eight on the other two. But um, I think a 77 blitz flag football would be quite... I think it would be fun, but I don't think it would be the best sort of way of um, of of telling which team should be good enough to get that sort of veto. It'd have Although, to be tested for sure to make sure it works yeah. and you just sit in rafters forever. <laughs> By the looks of the poll, at least, a lot of people thought Sumo would be interesting, but we, in our poll discussion chat, a lot of people, it actually spurred up quite a lot of conversation, and uh, a lot of people were sort of thinking that, you know, Sumo was maybe a little bit, a little bit inconsistent as to who should, uh, who should get it, whereas, you know, like a big team fight or something like that would be a lot more interesting, yeah. A couple of people were saying that Ping Bomb, though, would uh, also be good. Yeah, I don't know about ping pong personally, but. <laughs> mm. So, moving onwards to uh, the new teams and our our episodely uh, player transfers, we've recently seen Sick Mundus, which has um, had the return of Jarl and Phil, as well as Ginny and you know Lord, a lot of their friends coming onto the team. Um, that's been formed as well as Daniel, which is a little bit more of a friends team, you know, that aren't trying as much. But we have seen some return of some more OG players such as Muck and Camera Budge, um, and Strangey, you know, actually playing in tourneys, that sort of things. Um, we've seen Aura disband, Ram Ranch disband, Elysium disband, but 
as well as that, you know, it's not all sort of uh, sad news. We've also seen, uh, obviously, Sigmundus uh, being built. We've seen the new SG sort of team, Shmo Patrol remake, that sort of thing. Uh, it's not really SG team. Um, and we've just seen a lot of uh, a lot of new teams, sorry, a lot of existing teams have newer rosters, um, as well as obviously Zach Chen, which has brought on a lot of the more RAM players. Um, Judge, and what are your quick expectations for you know these specific teams at the moment, um, such as Sick Mundus mainly and Zach Chen? Yeah, I think uh, the favorites by far are uh, Zach Chen. I think before Ram Ranch died, there was a decent balance between Ram and Zach Chen being better, maybe a little bit weighted to Zach Chen, but I think uh, Zach uh, Zach Chen has got like a fair amount of key pickups. Uh, for example, Larry Rao. Um, they're really good players, and I think that team is going to be significantly better than the other teams. Uh, as for Sigmundus, their, their roster was quite good um, before Amranch died. Uh, but obviously, picking up Ginny and Lord, uh, that's going to be a pretty big boost. So I expect them to do quite a lot better than uh, if you would have asked me this before Amranch died. Yeah, definitely. I think, at least with those teams, it will be quite... I think will have quite a competitive top four top three team sort of atmosphere which will be which will actually make a really good uh a really good sort of discussion not discussion sorry a really good um a really good viewing ship for the streams at least you know seeing these top four or five teams competing in what should be hopefully really close games um it's sort of always the best tournaments when stuff like that happens. Nobody really enjoys watching a tournament such as Camp Conquest, where you have one team that goes undefeated for every single game. I mean, obviously, it's always fun to watch stuff like Conquest, but you know, hopefully, with these like top four or five teams all going at it, being at a really similar level, it should be interesting for for people who have different uh, opinions on which team will win and you know who who, who supporting who. I, I think there is a fairly clear favorite. I'm I'm a little bit afraid that uh, Zach's team, Zach Chen, or whatever they are called right now, is um, oh, really? a fair level yeah. better than the rest. Yeah, I, I think they're um, fairly easily the best team right now. Well, we still got a week. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I I think I think at the moment you're right. I feel like there is quite a sort of clear cut, but I feel like at least with the rest of the teams, you know, that within that week there should be um, a decent enough time to uh, for the, everybody else to improve. At least it sort of makes the uh, the the playing for second and third sort of atmosphere quite competitive as well. Um, what do we think of Bat B Judge? And obviously, uh, you're being on that team. Is there um, is there sort of a game plan going into the tournament? The one that you're at least able to share? You know, game mode that you're focusing on in particular, or trying to scrim more for, or anything that you've identified that needs improving? Is there anything moving forward that you've noticed? Uh, as for game modes, um, I, I, in, just in general, I don't want to give away too much stuff, obvious, uh, obviously, but in general, um, the game mode that we're best at, like everyone knows, that's CTW, and um, I find it very hard to judge how good we are at DTM. We don't necessarily play it a lot, but neither do other good teams. So if you look at Schmo Patrol, for example, obviously they have a really good um, roster mechanically, but um, how is that going to translate to DTM? And then same for Sigmunus. So I find it kind of hard to judge how good we are at that uh, game mode. So for sure, we want to scrim DTM more. 
Um, as for Conquest, um, I think we're okay at it. I don't think we're super amazing, but I think we're an okay team right now. But we can get uh, we can get a lot better for sure if we scrim a bit more. Hmm. So moving on really quickly, just to do some quick player transfers. Um, we've recently seen all the defenders off of Zach Chen leaving or getting you know removed for the uh, for the Ram Ranch defenders. I think it was quite interesting to see. Uh, you know, which players went where. A lot of them moved to the new Schmo Patrol team led by like Frosty and Mosig, that sort of, uh, those sort of people. We saw quite a few people like Vex, Suthi go to that team. Uh, Spooks, Jason, myself, um, Jason going to the Schmo Patrol as well, whereas me and Spooks going to Sigmundus and a lot of the Ram defenders uh, moving into Zach Chen. Uh, we've also seen a couple of others forming where we've a lot of obviously with Elysium disbanding a couple of their players have been going to men at work is there any more that I'm missing at all Jurgen can you think of any I uh no I think that's uh, pretty much it I think that sort of moves us on in a little bit into the key players of each team is there anybody that you've got your eyes set on that you think could be doing uh that could you know boost a team significantly uh, by themselves, you know? Is there anybody um, you put your eyes on? Yeah, I think uh, Larry, having gone to Zach Chen, um, I think he was the best player in Woolwalker. And uh, him teaming up with Zach Quiz uh, again after they were on the same team uh, during Wooly, I think that's going to be a pretty powerful offensive. And um, yeah. they have a fairly similar play style, so it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to play together. Um, then I think... Uh, the other two players that are pretty key to Sigmundus, which is joined, are Ginny and Lloyd. Um, I'm not exactly sure how active Ginny will be, but if both Ginny and Lloyd uh, scrim a lot with their team, I think they can make them a lot better, especially at Conquest and CTW. Um, so I think those three are the, the most key players to any team out there. Yeah. Another thing recently announced is OCC hosting their first official tournament once upon a time in Overcast. So they're now uh, expanding to the competitive scene. I imagine it would be a nostalgic map pool. Maybe they'd like touch up some of the maps to make them more playable. I think it'll be interesting to see if it's very competitive or not. They do have a prize pool. Uh, theirs will be two weekends starting on August 22nd and 23rd. Link to tournament information in the description. Uh, basically run by Camping and his team after all his unofficial tournaments, like the one we recently saw. And uh, how do you think that that will go? Um, I I think Campe and his crew are really competent. They're a fairly small team, um, and they're all of their unofficial tourneys they've hosted in the past have all run really well. Um, so I'm sure they're going to be able to pull it off and uh, make sure that it goes down smooth. Though I do think uh, the context in which this journey has been announced has been uh, quite controversial. And I think the two um, sort of propagators and leaders behind OCC, being Brotweiler and Pablo, have gotten quite a lot of negative uh, publi uh, publicity. Um, and I think they've deserved it. Um, in my opinion, uh, the way in which they announced the journey through uh, announcing it on around the same period as the Stratus journey would be, probably knowing that their dates would overlap. Uh, I think this was done to kind of hold Stratus hostage so that uh, OCC could take more control over the plugin. Obviously, Pablo has lots of uh, opinions over how the plugin is run uh, and wants more control over it. 
uh, wants to make sure that Stratus contributes to the plugin and helps OCC out, uh, the, which might be a good idea. I kind of agree with that. Though the way in which Pablo specifically went about it uh, through holding OCC hostage, even saying that, yeah, sure, we're going to the turning on a different date if you give us A and B demands. Um, I think Pablo has uh, cares very little, absolutely none, about the community, which um, he's sort of divided with this problem, because that's essentially what the tourney was in the first place, hosting on the same uh, dates as the Stratus tourney, dividing the community, and Pablo was completely fine with doing that, uh, just so he could get more control over the plugin. So uh, I think that's a bit of a shame. Yeah, I think if OCC does everything right, it could be just, you know, they could be a cool side thing for the community casual events, but I don't really like how they've been going about doing things. And I I don't know what their future plans are, obviously, but it's definitely clear that, I mean, they, they do not like Stratus at all. And I definitely do not appreciate the way they've gone about certain things, but I'll be interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I think ultimately it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future because i think overall nobody really wants the community to be split up by this you know yeah. a lot, there's a couple of people saying i don't think it splits up but i think uh, at least from certain discords that i've been where i've seen you know two sides arguing about who they thought was right i think that just shows that it's already splitting up the community oh. in a way you know people wouldn't be arguing if it wasn't uh, so i think moving forward in the future it's always going to be good to see how both servers can come together to benefit the community rather than just pulling it apart. Yeah, like with the um, and competency, there's lots of lots of players and there are lots of different like servers in the scene now. It'll be, it'll be really interesting to see like just one year from now what does this community look like. And I hope it's all for the better and not split. But a lot of that depends on how each server's mindset is and how they go forward. Yeah. There's only one way of telling, and that is just sitting down and watching, really. <laughs> For the community, yeah. And that, unfortunately, concludes today's episode. Thank you for everybody who's tuned in. Once again, huge thank you to Jurgen today. It's been really interesting, and we've definitely spoken about a lot of not just controversial topics, but interesting in general. So um, make sure you come join our Discord, uh, which link will be in the description for, and give us as much feedback. We appreciate all of that.